and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John. I am joined as ever by Mr. Scobie. And Scobie, I've got one question for you, one question only. Have you recovered from the stag do in Liverpool? Oh, uh, yes, I have actually. I didn't, I, there was a point I didn't think I ever would recover. Uh, <laughs> it was a bleak, it was a bleak mountain to climb, uh, which just shows that, you know, the pandemic's taken out of us. The recovery process after a few years' sad days is, is quite, is quite it really, it really has. I mean, Liverpool literally saw us come in, it conquered us, chewed oh. us up and spat us out yeah. back as a group. Someone phoned their mum on a stag day. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was the inevitable points failure on the way back. Uh, uh, a miserable three-hour train that turned into an extremely miserable five-and-a-half-hour train. Oh, God. It was, it was truly terrible. And that Monday morning was our Everest. Uh, but, you know, we're here. We live to tell the tale, John. We're here. I mean, I've been in isolation for the last week. You know, I was actually almost semi-happy that I got to spend the weekend just sleeping, <laughs> recovering. <laughs> now I'm over the hill of 30. The stag days just take too long to recover from. <laughs> and that's what about the sixth thing. You've been in isolation, John, isn't it? You, you, oh, you sort of rat them up these days. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just covid at my tits. Anyway, I'm covid at my tits. I'm cinched at my tits as well, Scooby, because we are obviously here to talk about Scottish football and what sort of happened. So how we're going to take this pod on, listeners, is we're going to do a usual bra and in part one. A lot of exciting things to happen. League Cup action, European football action, signings, because the window's still open mm-hmm. at this fun part of the season. And then in part two, we're going to try something a little bit different, because obviously it's been a little while since the last game week, so no one can remember what's going on there. So we're going to try and look forward a little bit more and preview some of the fixtures coming up in game week three and really give you those key decisions or thoughts for decisions on those transfers that will come up. Exactly. Uh, is that the plan there, Scooby? I think it is, isn't it? I think that's the plan. I'll make it up as we go along, as usual. But, uh, yeah, uh, that sounds like a good plan. And then part three, obviously, we will take questions on the Twitter sphere. Thank you for getting in touch, as always. We've got some good ones this week. We've got some good ones and some league table stuff. So let's just, let's just get into it. You know, here we are on Wednesday night. Let's get into it. Scooby. Start me off, take a bra, take a gnaw. What are you feeling? I'll start you off with a bra. And I, th- I think, you know, we, uh, we, we touched on it last time when we were on. We had, I think, just begun to record after St. Johnson pulled off a memorable 1-1 draw. Oh. What can only be described as European giants in Galatasaray. And, okay, they didn't manage to do it on the return leg, but I think they gave everyone at Madame Park the biggest bounce imaginable um, to, to, to draw themselves level. 4-2, mm. but not a bad performance at all if you saw the game. And so my brawl this week is actually sort of related to that, but it's also, it's also related to the League Cup action that we've just seen at the weekend. It's St. Johnson under Callum Davidson in knockout football. What yeah. a team they are. He has never lost a cup game. Okay. What? He's only been there for a year and a bit. But he's still, he drew one moment Galatas, right? Fine, we love that. But if you look back, won the Scottish Cup last year, won the League Cup last year, I'm sure you'll remember it. 
it took penalties to get through against Arbroath. Credit to Arbroath there. He won that one on penalties. He has still never lost a cup game as manager of St. Johnson. I think that is broad. But he he still still lost at home to Galatasaray. That wasn't a cup game, though. All right, okay. That was not a cup game. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, yeah. They're a knockout team. team. They're a knockout team. And, And we're... So, you know, we're, we're always trying to put a fantasy football Scotland perspective on this. For me, defensively, it still feels like that's the place to be. You know, Xander Clark actually has already gone up 0.1 of a million Scobies. He's now at 2. Point million, uh goalkeeping price. That still, for me, feels like the place to, to be getting our value from St. Johnston. Yeah, definitely. I think, Luke, like, um, Rooney's, Rundog's been a, a pod favourite. Rundog! Rundog! And not just because he's a legend, but uh, also because Luke, he produced the stats last year as well. He does get forward, likes to get forward, assessing goals will come. So we like him. I think, um, uh, yeah, attacking options, they've not really come to light, particularly in the league this year. A lot of people thought Chris Kane looked like the man. He obviously got the goal in Europe. Um, so maybe Chris Kane can, can kind of find, find that form. Let's remind ourselves, St. Johnson at the start of last season, the whole issue was they played very good football, but they did not score goals. You know, and they were a team that were playing well above, you know, a lot of other teams in the league, but the results just weren't coming because they couldn't score. So it's a lot, it's an issue. It's, it's definitely, you know, as much as it's my, my bra is Callum Davidson's St. Johnson side at the moment, um, I just feel like, you know, the goal scoring thing's not been quite resolved. Melamed obviously didn't stay around. We really got excited about him last year. At the moment, you've got Stevie May, Chris Kane, Callum Hendry, a combined seven points between the three of them at the start of the season through two games. So we'll watch and we'll wait. But, um, but yeah, I brutal. think defensively, you're right. That's, that's, where the, that's where the value is. That's brutal. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, McDermott Park was rocking to sweet Caroline. Caroline? Sweet Caroline before that, with all the flags up. It was absolutely brilliant. It's been brilliant to see fans back in Scottish football stadiums. And I think actually that was the peak moment um, over the last couple of weeks in in Scottish football stadium and just fantastic to see. Absolutely. John, tell me, what is your bra this week? Uh, My bra, I'm actually going to hold back for the end. So I'm going to go, no. 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 My bro is stupid. So, no is, is signings. So, I think, actually, signings really, overall, have been a little bit boring this summer. Like, I think we could have had a little bit, a little bit more. Anyway, I'm going to try and take you through some of the, the signings that I think are most topical and most relevant to Fantasy Football Scotland managers. So, we've got, um, we've got Celtic at Parkhead. They just uh, are about to sign Josip Juranovic. Uh, he's Croatian, Scobie. Now, I can barely utter the syllables of Croatia after um, making me feel sick at Hamden during Euro 2020. <laughs> so I'm feeling a bit sad about chatting about this guy anyway. But anyway, he's a fullback, right back. And uh, I fell into a Twitter hole today just watching him cross the ball in some, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some Celtic uh, Twitter account posted like every cross he's done the last three years. And I watched them all. And they were really good. They were really good. Um, and, and obviously, um, Tony Ralston's been uh, a little bit of a revelation at the back for Celtic this season, especially Fantasy Football Scotland. He's been 2.3 million um, and he's one of the top scorers in the game. I think he's top three scorer in the game. So it's an interesting sort of narrative going on here. And I think Ralston is a brilliant bit of value, but would you bring him in knowing that 
uh, this Croatian is coming in from Legia Warsaw and will likely take his place, probably, maybe not immediately, but in the next couple of months. I've got one word for you. Laxalt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And another one, Barkas. Look, Celia oh. coming... Uh, covering themselves in glory with signing that I think of recent years and that's you know, the point I make I mean you wait we'll yeah. see Ralston has been very good you know known quantity yeah. and obviously likes him plays with a lot of passion I do think defensively he's a little bit suspect but um, you know as you yeah. said top three scorer at the moment uh, got four got that goal against Hearts as we saw mm. um, so yeah I'd be sticking with Ralston we'll, we'll wait yeah. and see at the moment I don't think the Celtic signings are to be trusted at this point in time yeah. after their performance in the last couple of years no, very fair points. So, Ralston in currently. Uh, okay, we'll move on to Easter Road. And this is a transfer saga that I think has been quite funny. And it's to do with uh, Martin Boyle. And for listeners that aren't quite up to date what's going on here, basically Aberdeen bid £500,000 for Martin Boyle. This is Boyle, who is arguably Hibbs' best player, right? Arguably yeah. the most, like... Uh, most valuable player, I'd say. You know, he's he's got bags of pace. He's managed to have some finishing fists, scored a load of goals. You know, fancy will score on these six million midfield. Aberdeen bid half a mil because apparently, and someone must have tipped them off in this. He had a break clause, a release clause in his contract of five hundred k that gets him out. But Scooby, the contract uh, was only relevant to those clubs outside of Scotland. So I think what's happened here is Martin Boyle's agent has tipped off someone at Pataudry saying, by the way, it's a 500 grand release cause. Because what's happened out of it is obviously Hibs have said no to this stupid bid from Aberdeen to their rivals in the Scottish Premiership. And Martin Ball's just sitting there with an extended contract and a nice little bump in his salary. He's laughing. It's brilliant. Somebody at Aberdeen's getting, getting shipped some cash for that. <laughs> it's a brilliant move. Because you saw it and it was so random. Aberdeen swooping in with a five hundred thousand pound bid on on the nose for Boyle, mm. never going to happen. Never. And he's rewarded with a four year contract the next day. That's fishy to me. That smells very fishy. Oh, I'd love to know. There's some collusion, I'd, I think. I'd love to know a bit more. So, so sweeping around the leagues and a bit more transfer news. Freddie Woodburn, Scooby, how do you feel about that arrival at Tynecastle? Yeah, very exciting. Uh, we've got, uh, well, the pod listeners know him well, Danny Nielsen, um, a big Liverpool man. Uh, he gave a verdict on Woodburn because um, we were getting quite excited about that today. And, you know, we're, we're pleased to see he was in. He felt like he could be a top player, played well in the preseason. Um, small and ratty, described him as. Good eye for a pass, good set pieces. So, look... We'll take what we can get. I think I think it's an exciting option for us. Um, apparently, it's until January if it does go through and there's an option to extend it to the end of the season. So that's positive as well. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see some more fresh blood through the door. I think our, I think our squad's quite thin. So I'm quite worried about when we get to the deepest, darkest months. Um, yeah. Even though I'll be there myself to cheer the boys on at Tiny. Um, moving back to, up to Edinburgh. So. Um, but Fantastic. Yeah, so, um, I'll, I'll, I'm watching that one with interest. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to see. And then finally, the, the last one I wanted to chuck on um, signing-wise was Bakuna from Huddersfield. And we were getting involved, Jimmy Ketts, who we've had on pod as well, obviously Huddersfield yeah. fan. So and good. I asked him, yeah. is this a Colin Quanner number two? 
And he said, no, he's better than Colin Quano. So, Rangers, get the checkbook up. <laughs> make it blank and take whatever you want because Colin is an unbelievable footballer and maybe Bakuna is the, is the, is the dream signing you all want. No, but all in, in all seriousness, you know, three and a half million maybe seems a bit steep for him, but I'm sure we'll come on to it in part two, but Rangers look devoid of ideas at Tanadice the other week and, you know, without Hadji there, they just do need that extra creative spark from something. So that's a transfer I'm going to be watching with, uh, with keen interest, Scobie. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I was also thinking... Like, is that are we going to have to buy Kets a Rangers top next year with oh. on the back? <laughs> or will that be one of the only ones that's been sold all season? For listeners that don't know, you may have seen on our Twitter we did we did actually buy a, I think the only Colin Quiner Quanner away top Submarine sold all year mm. for our man Jimmy Kets for his birthday, uh, and he wore it with his kilt. I just look grand, didn't he? Just a crack. Maybe yeah. I, will, I refuse to ever buy a Rangers top, so there we go. <laughs> um, Scooby, let's flip back to your gnaw uh, for the week, please. My gnaw for the week, oh, it's landing on a negative, and it's just a bit of a moan, to be honest. My gnaw this week is Hearts' League Cup run. It's been 59 years since we last won the second tier. Cup competition in Scotland. And in that time, we've only reached two finals and clearly lost both. So it's a miserable state of affairs. I don't know what is going on with Hearts in the League Cup. The new format, whilst providing us obviously with a pre-season at least, which, you know, from where I'm saying, feels like a good thing, hasn't been any kinder. So it's just difficult to know what's going on, John. We're a very proud cup team. We play well in the Scottish Cup. We have a rich Scottish Cup history. The League Cup is miserable every year. And it always feels like it's a bit of a negative impact on where we are in the season. But anyway, to bring it back to fancy, from a fancy perspective, um, it's probably, the and I was described by our good friend Craig Egan that way, but the one of the most one-sided three twos you will ever see. I think it was about 79% possession. Uh, I think we had some 35 chances Celtic on goal. Um, but the reality was we had five and we scored two of them. So while Celtic won and took the plaudits for a 3-2 win, I'd be pretty concerned if I was them. Um, because I do think that Celtic are going to continue to find themselves found out by good attacking sides because that defence is still a mess. And Ange has got them ticking and they're scoring goals. And they'll continue to score goals, but we should not have scored two goals against them at Celtic Park the way we did in the second half on uh, Sunday. So, yeah, there's my no, take. That, yeah, that, that's a good take. Um, I know I agree. I think Celtic, yeah, for all their brilliance going forward, and we'll probably come on to it in part two about just where your thoughts should be on fantasy football Scotland Celtic players. <coughs> Kyogo. <coughs> Furuhashi. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you got a fur hash you stuck in your throat there <laughs> <laughs> that's that so yeah no I agree uh, I wish we touch on a few other League Cup games while we're at it I think uh, Wraith, Wraith fucking Rovers <laughs> Wraith fucking Rovers who did they beat John they were absolutely superb in the second half at Starks Park against Aberdeen uh, Dario Zanata what a sexy name that is just to say that it was absolutely Our brilliant. Dad, who used to live with my dad and my stepmom, and then lived wow. across the road for many years. 
And uh, there you yeah, go. There's that's a fun fact for you. Fantastic. Canadian. I mean, what I, I would love to know what uh, John McGlynn said at halftime because Aberdeen were all over these boys at halftime and won the lot. <laughs> and they came out, and to their credit, they turned the game on its head and were, were absolutely fantastic. So, you know, Dons are out of the League Cup. They put all their eggs in the European basket against Carabag, who, you know, um, Azerbaijan champions for not last year because they lost the title on the last day of last season, but they've won it seven years in a row. They've made the group stages of either the Champions League or Europa League last seven years. Quite tough competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be out of the League Cup at this stage, I share your frustration, Scobie. Uh, you know, in Scottish football, folks, for those clubs outside Rangers and Celtic, the, league, the, the cup competitions really mean a lot. They're a big chance of, of, of success. So to be knocked out pre semi final is always. Uh, difficult, uh, but we'll just see. We'll just see. And then I also thought the one other result in the League Cup I thought was quite impressive was Dundee beating the Steelmen Motherwell. Um, I thought that was a that was a really really good result. Um, uh, Absolutely, it was. It was. Um, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about Motherwell as well, but it's it's just a little bit concerning for for Graham Alexander a result like that again not going his way. You know, we mm. saw it in the opening day of the season for them against Hibs. I think there's just, you know, there's a lot riding on this weekend for a few teams just mm. to get your team a little bit more back on track. Um, you know, and, right. and I think it's, a, it's an interesting one to watch Motherwell and, and where they are at the moment. All right. Well, we'll leave that for part two. I've got my, I've actually got my bra. We haven't actually touched on it. And Scobie, it's a text I sent you earlier today, which I thought was quite funny. They're at Armadale Thistle. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. Listen to this. There is a Donner kebab meat pie that they're selling <laughs> with like chili sauce on the side. It's from David Stoker on Twitter. He gave it a nine stars out of 10, just said it was slightly less hot than he wanted, as in the temperature. Uh, but Donner kebab meat pie, Scooby, I mean, does that not just get your plums pumping? It really does, John. I don't think there's any better way to end part one than just sitting here thinking about it. Do you think it's just like packed with don't you any other substance there? It's just like shavings of kebab meat in a pie. It looks like shavings. There is a photo. I think there's maybe some tomato sauce in there somewhere. There's a, there's a little bit, yeah, a little base. Yeah, yeah. 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 Twitter users, or if even you're not, get on there and have a look at it. It's a, it's a thing we worry. All right, that does us for part one, I think. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. In this part two, we're going to try something different rather than looking back at fixtures that happened a couple of weeks ago. We're going to try and preview some fixtures going forward. But Scobie, just before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about the cinch. Because the cinch premiership and the cinch Scottish football of four divisions has kind of got me quite excited. It feels naughty, just calling it the cinch. It feels brilliant. But you know what I was really disappointed at seeing? was the England Test Team cricket team are also sponsored by the Cinch. I felt betrayed. I felt like I'd been cheated on <laughs> by the Cinch. It's disgusting. I wasn't prepared to talk about the Cinch, John. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a funny one. It feels like um, I'll be getting on the Cinch tonight. When I hear it, that's what I think <laughs> loudly. But yes, English cricket, the Scottish Premiership, 
We have it in common. Yeah, you just imagine them. You just like talking in the marketing meeting, right? So we're gonna we're gonna go for really similar style sports, really similar punters. Do you think the same punter goes to Lord's Cricket Ground as goes to McDermott oh. Park? <laughs> I'd love really to see the, up, I've got no answer to that. No, it's the, um, the demographic. Like, what is going on there? Knowing the powers that be, it was it was probably a, a last minute hashing of the original sponsor, and then here we are with Cinch. But you know, we love them all the same. It, it sounded like an ad at the start of that when you started talking about Cinch. You were like, "Let's go back. I just want to talk about Cinch for a minute." We're not getting paid. What by a great Cinch, service, but. Like, but do you know what, Cinch, if you want to pay us, Cinch. do you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to start following them on Twitter. <laughs> you're telling me you're not, talk, you're not following Cinch on Twitter. You missed a uh, trick there, buddy. Our social media, media managers let us down. Anyway, <laughs> shall we crack on? Right, the way we're going to approach this, we're just going to look, we're going to pull out a couple of teams, we're going to ask some questions about where they were last weekend and where they're going this weekend. Very simple. There's no team that we couldn't start with that deserves it more than Dundee United. Oh. So the question is, John, can they build on that very famous win last Saturday? For those that maybe forgot, they ended the run. The Invincibles were uninvincible. Hmm. 1-0 at home. Robson with the goal. And just really outplayed Rangers, I felt, in many ways. I yeah. think Rangers were a threat. After no, we, we, very poorly against Aberdeen just a week before. And, and we'd sat on this pod and we'll hold our hands up here and admit we'd sort of written off Dundee United and Tam Court's side for the season. Here they were, 1-0. We now look at our weekend where they're going away to McDermott Park. Tough game. Against St Johnston. How, what, what do we make of them now, John? Uh, oh, I mean, it was unbelievable. They played so brilliantly against Rangers. I mean, I've not seen Rangers have that much problem with courts since 2012. <laughs> <laughs> He's still in mouth, okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, look, uh, Robson, yeah, whilst he was brilliant and scored the goal, only third goal in 171 appearances for United, so I'd stay away from that. Um, you know, United have now won five of their last nine matches against Rangers. Mm-hmm. So we should try and remember that when United play Rangers again next time. So uh, look, looking forward, I totally agree. I think St. Johnson's a really difficult fixture. Um, I still really like going back to our Dundee United stalwarts when I think about um, their assets. So, Nicky Clark scored a penalty in the League Cup at the weekend. Yep. So, he's on pens. So, he, he interests me. And then Adrian Spall, the guy we always go back to, Argentinian Bale, who's a defender in the game, was playing left wing again in the Scottish League Cup at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, purely out of position. Um, really far forward, so you get extra points for assists, obviously, with the defenders. So that's kind of where my thinking's at with United Assets, if I'm going there. Yeah, obviously, Shanklin's gone now, off to be a shot, undisclosed fee, but I think we, we think it's something in the region of a million. Yeah. Um, with add-ons. So he's gone. So yeah, I mean, attacking-wise, it looks thin. They brought Mark Minolte back in on, I think, a loan until the end of the season. 
He's coming at 4.6 million. I think McNulty, if he gets that role up there, could be one to watch. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting, McNulty. He only scored three goals in 25 appearances last time, but you felt like um, under Mickey Mellon, it was always a bit like the leash is on with that United team, so maybe yeah. it'll be a bit different. And no Shankland, as you say as well. Uh, exactly. Maybe one to watch on the... Yeah, one to watch, definitely. Definitely loves the club as well. Look, they've got not a bad run. St. Johnston this weekend, we've talked about it. They've got Hearts the weekend after that. Um, don't think it's impossible. The, that, that, that's at home as well. Um, and they've got Samirin and Dundee with a couple of weeks after that. So, yeah, interesting. Watch them with interest. I think see how this weekend pans out, but um, could be, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe maybe we've got Dundee United wrong. Another team we might have got wrong, um, and nobody can be blamed for doing so after week one, Celtic. My question yeah. is, has Ange got them ticking? And will we see more goals this weekend against St Mirren? It's a beautifully fit question, Mr Scobie. I mean... I don't. I, I think Celtic, you know, they can get too much airtime on podcasts. We try not to get them too much airtime when they completely balls up and when they're really, really good. I think the simple answer to your question is going to be, I think they will keep on ticking going forward. Furuhashi is playing midfield in Fantasy Football Scotland game. He's playing up front, centre, through the middle for Celtic. He scored a hatch in the last game against Dundee. He got a goal and assist tonight against Akmar in Europe. He is as close to Fantasy Football Scotland essential as you will get right now. He's the transfer I'm bringing in this week. Um, you know, he was the first uh, Japanese player to score a hat-trick since Nakamura did so against United in St. Mirren in 2006-2008. I, I think the conversation almost ends and begins with Furuhashi from a Fantasy Football Scotland perspective with Celtic. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, for me, I've got a bad at the moment. It's not been a Awful return. About as certainly like you get goals eight points last weekend, uh, and he's only he's now up to four point nine nine million. So about I think is one to watch too. Mm. I think we've talked about already. It feels like Turnbull's maybe overpriced, but you're right. Furashi has to be the one we're considering. I certainly get it's like it's so many ups and downs with Celtic. You're not going to touch Edward, but Furashi looks good. Abada looks good value, but then Turnbull's too much. You know, mm. do you go with McGregor? There's just, there's so much interest there. There's going to be goals. There's going to be points. But mm. ah, where do you place it? Well, it, it, it's Furuhashi. I think the other place to look, and I, as I said in part one, Tony Ralston looks like a really good shout. 2.3 million. Yeah. Right back's been really good going forward for them. I mean, the fullbacks in general are going forward quite a lot. So maybe Greg Taylor's in your thoughts. For me, I've got Stephen Welsh in my side as well. And he's certainly looking at a guy that's playing centre half for them, and at two and a half million is a really cheap way to get into a, yeah. an old firm defence. So um, it's it's a strange one with Turnbull, isn't it? Because he scored a brace in Europe last week, actually, and he was like our essential before before the season started. But Furuhashi's playing centre forward, and you just can't get away from that when he's a midfielder. Exactly. So, uh, Celtic, lots to think about, John. A team, look, look, we're going to move on from Celtic now. A team I, I want to talk about, and I've, I've kind of wanted to talk about all year because we were big fans of them last year. I think that piece mm. it lightly. And we were a big uh, fans of one man, and that man's name was David, and it was David Martindale. Uh, We've not talked about Livingston enough this year, John. You took Jet, you took one of their cult heroes away from them. 
Josh Marnell, one of our faves, is gone. Livingston, we might not recognise at the moment, but does this feel this weekend like maybe a bit of a must-win for them? And mm. do they perhaps have the sort of kickstart they needed from that penalty victory over St Mirren in the League Cup of the weekend? Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, very good points. Yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about, we'd love Martindale. They've been off colour really since that League Cup final. Um, they've now been the victim of two pitch invasions in the last two games. So Aberdeen <laughs> uh, inv- invaded the pitch with that uh, sec- the last-minute winner. Yeah. After Bruce highly Anderson... Highly embarrassing behaviour. Oh, yeah, yeah, shocking. I mean, I don't know who ever would do that. Anyway, um, yeah, but like, look, Bruce Anderson scored in that game, which I think is really, really uh, interesting for Fantasy Football Scotland. I think he's... Definitely an option, a cheaper option in that strikers where we're talking about there's no premium strikers in Scottish football. And then St Mirren also <laughs> invaded the pitch prior to them losing <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the penalty shootout in the League Cup at the weekend as well. I mean, being Definitely. honest, Scobie, as much as I love David Martindale, I'm not thinking about Livingston players in my fantasy football Scotland team right now. No, you know, you're you're only doing it through a, a you know a, a level of, of value that might come. I think Jason Holt, you know, at three point four million, does tick things over for them in the middle park. He takes penalties for them generally. I mean, the only reason I put Jason Holt on my team is if they created points in fantasy football Scotland for not getting booked and just make kicking people. Because he seems to be immune to getting booked in the SPFL. <laughs> Jason Holt, who also used to live with my dad and his partner Lorraine. This is a theme for the podcast. Uh, just going to talk about people that I've had dinner with. Uh, so, yeah, Jason Holt, lovely lads. 3.4 million, bring him in. Uh, so, yeah, moving on. Uh, no, it's a big, it's a big game. Uh, jokes aside, um, it is a big game. And I think Samirin are probably... We could, have, we could have probably talked about either of these teams in this vein. That, that you know, it is this must-win territory for them. Two teams that really outperformed themselves. But let's not forget, both of them were not doing very well at the start of the season. It is only week three. Let's not get carried away with results. Let's not think we know what's going on. That's why we're probably not talking too much about values and who's good there and who's there. There's some obvious players, but I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say that we know where the fantasy market's going at this point because, you know, we might see a a Dundee side rise to to claim a top six uh, place at the end of the season. Who knows? Love the philosophy, Scooby. I love you it. You like that? Well, talking yeah. of a team I do think are going to be up there, and it pains me to say, uh, is Hibs. But will they put their European exit, in case any of them missed it, <laughs> behind them? And will they make it three from three? They've looked so dominant in the league, um, and they looked so terrible in Europe that nobody really knew if that was the same side playing. I think there is always going to be a question about Hibs as a big game team mm. and can they do it they don't turn up for derbies you know the results have been few and far between against top sides like Celtic and Rangers and the European exit was pretty shambolic but do they play well against smaller sides in the league yes they do they put them away so yeah, we're excited about them this weekend. I think, yeah, I think you're, you're certainly, you're, I think you're probably loading up with maybe even three Hibs assets, are you not, John? Uh, yeah, no, this I, 
I agree. I mean, I, I think the Ridgica are a very, very decent side in uh, Croatia. I mean, yes, Hibs got pumped, but they did have a man sent off as well. Um, I don't know. Speaking as an Aberdeen fan, they've seen Aberdeen get thumped out there. I, I can sort of get it. Hibs have been, as you say, domestically brilliant so far this season, uh, including the League Cup win over Kilmarnock uh, 2-0. Uh, yeah, triple up on Hibs, 100%. So personally, I've got Macy in goals. I think he could be my set-and-forget keeper for the season. Uh, Kevin Nisbet, uh, I think, could have a big haul in him this weekend. Uh, listeners who missed it, Christian Doidge this week uh, was injured, confirmed injured. He's out till Christmas, uh, which is obviously a big blow for Hibs. But fantasy football-wise, it's quite nice because it just reduces that risk of rotation in that front line. Uh, so, you know, really Nisbet's going to be playing a lot. And then a real diamond, Scobie, that I think you picked out before week one this season so far. And he's scored, I think, four goals now so far this season from midfield and is a very uh, sub-4 million option in fantasy football Scotland. And that is McGuinness. Uh, talk to me about him. Yeah, McGuinness is like a player we saw of his talent last year. Um, him signed him and I thought kind of like got away with one, getting him under the noses of a lot of teams that could have done with him, hearts included. I always put hearts in that conversation for you know good signings like that. And I think he has got goal scoring potential and I think this just this year the way that the way that Ross has sort of rotated um and allowed that centre midfield to grow. Urban's not there anymore. I think he's just got a lot more opportunities and he mm. clearly likes to get forward. So you've kind of got him and Newell and Gogic. Gogic's just, I think a bit of a bomb scare. Newell's a very good footballer and then McGinnis just looks like he's gonna score. He's almost yeah. kind of growing into that John McGinn kind of style role that Hibs yeah. had for many years. So, uh, really exciting player, 3.4 million is a steal. Yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah, I mean, sort of that Scott Allen filled shape maybe a bit more recently as well. But obviously, Scott Allen hasn't his recovery uh, back from yeah, absolutely. You know, whatever has been happening there that we can't comment on too heavily there. But anyway, uh, that's where I feel with Hibs. I mean, there is one massive game this weekend, Scobie, uh, for this podcast is in particular. <laughs> And that's at Swinecastle, I should say. <laughs> Hearts Aberdeen. Oh, will we just say will we just save it for next week? I don't want to, I don't want either of us to look stupid, you know, saying hey. Yeah. All I want is pitch invasions. Well, if it's Aberdeen. <laughs> there'll be a heart yellow card to be on the pitch. It'll be unbelievable. Unreal. Unreal. Um, I this, look forward to it. It's, it's, it's going to be a pod first next week. You've got to tune in. We are going to be recanting a Hearts Aberdeen game. We've not done that before. So I'm sure we'll go to town on it. It's going to be a bloodbath. I can't call it. Don't know where it's going to go, John. Diplomatically silent. I like that. I think we should end part two on that note. Let's get out. Hello and welcome back to part three, the final part of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. Scobie, at this juncture of each podcast, I'm going to bring out my favourite team name from the Fantasy Fitbar pod league. So this one was actually uh, given to me by my mate at work. Uh, he noticed it. And the favourite team name of this week is M&S Trainbeers. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you know think- it's so fun. As I said to you this earlier in the week, I said, because it used to, so last, last year we had, a, we had a modest sized league of about 100, 
You know, it was relatively easy to work your way through and see who was the point, top point scorer. And you kind of got familiar with looking at all the team names. Now we're up in 600. It takes yeah. a bit of time. It takes a bit of time to see who was the top point scorer in the league. It's forensic. So I Too missed much. a lot of these team names. Train beers. I thought that was good. But, you know, you can just imagine those green cans of Belgian lager that we've all drank on trains, whether that be pre-stag, post-stag, pre-away game, post-away game during away game, during Scotland game at the Euros, there's always a time for one of those Belgian M&S laggers. Belgian lager, <laughs> Oh, dear. Anyway, before we get on to the league, uh, should, we, should we have a couple of questions? Absolutely. Fire are, away. You, are you ready for, uh, ready for this? Let me, let me see where I'm at. So, um, so this one is from the Scottish Fantasy football community uh, Twitter page which popped up this year these guys are doing a podcast as well so go and check them out if you can um, and their question Scobie is it, concerning Rangers and it's saying that after three poor consecutive performance with Malmo Dundee United and Malmo um, and Gerard naming a much changed side for that 5-0 thumping on Dunfermline where, where's your head at with the Rangers players in your team um I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to rush to any any hasty moves at this point. To be honest, I think you know you've you've, you've probably got Tav, Goldson, Barisic. I think you're sticking with them. Yeah, I, I look like I, th- I think it was it was a tough chastening period for them. The Malmo uh, defeats either side of that, um, you know, lost to Dundee United doesn't look good, but I think they will be back. I'm certainly not really rushing to get Lundstrom in yet. But he looks like kind of an interesting addition to that defence. He did obviously score against Dunfermline, but... Yeah, but he's a midfielder in Fantasy Football Scotland, so yeah, I'm exactly. not sure he's that relevant. Um, I, I, I think, like, look, I think Tav, obviously, Tav is Tav. Tav will be captain. Um, Goldson's a really safe shout with Rangers players. Uh, the, the interesting one is between Barisic and Bassey. Um, and keeping a close eye on what Rangers do tomorrow night in Europe. Uh, but th- those guys look like they're going to rotate quite a lot. So I, I wouldn't be bringing in either of those players, I don't think. Like a lot of people maybe wouldn't have had Barisic at the start of the season because they saw the Bassey lineup. Um, and then it's yeah. whether you sit on Kent, which we, we're, we're always talking about how, you know, Kent, it, he, 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 he delivers in a way that he is top scorer sometimes in the midfield for Fantasy Football Scotland, but he's so frustrating as well from a... He is, and he's so expensive. It's six and a half million. Yeah. I think we're talking about guys like Furuhashi and stuff that are yeah. cheaper than him and and are proving to do it. I, obviously, I'm sitting here saying don't make um, rash decisions, mm-hmm. but he's not really looked like offering too much yet. Um, so for me, it's like, am I just you know locking in value to someone that for you know three, four weeks down the line, I'm eventually going to give up on because he's only returned a goal. You know, so it's it, it's a difficult one to to call with him. But um, I think defensively, you're sound with Rangers um, options. I think going forward, maybe be a bit more wary. Yeah, that's completely fair. Um, okay, so moving there, John, Josh McSee has got in touch and he's asking about the Hanlon injury. So I have done some, uh, some research on the Hanlon injury. Ginger Mike, my good pal and big hips fan, has told me that he got concussion um, against Rijika. Um, so he is a definitely a maybe for this weekend, but... Would you sub out a player or transfer out a player just purely on concussion injury? I mean, suppose the injury suppose it depends what the fires are elsewhere in your team, Scooby, would you say? 
Yeah, well, tell me what you think of it first. Well, I wouldn't take him out. I think you just hold on to him. I think, you know, if it's concussion, he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think if someone's out for three months, like Christian Dodge, then you have to take him out of your team. Yeah, you should. At this stage of the season, I think you probably, you've probably you hopefully got a bench that can support an injury. Um, and you might even use them as your bench trick, you know, if you know they're going to be out. Yeah. It maybe gives you leeway to bring in someone else and do that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay. And then Richie finally has got in touch. And he's talking about that Bassi Barisic um, axis that we've just discussed. But then he's also asking, he wants to get Kyogo in. Because I think we've all agreed that Furuhashi is the big transfer in this week um, for anyone who doesn't have him. And he's asking, should he transfer Kent out for him, Scooby? What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it myself, uh, Richie. I think that's, uh, that's absolutely... Uh, valid thought for me the ones I'm thinking about bringing out are Kent and are Barisic at this point to be honest because I just don't know if I'm getting enough value out of them so yeah I yeah. it's amazing isn't it before the season started Scobie just thinking big picture we were talking about how Rangers assets were whilst expensive essential and Celtic who we weren't touching and almost within two weeks we flipped completely exactly just the, the, the pace at which Scottish football changes at is actually mental um, and I think on that note, we, we will leave the questions. Thanks for getting in touch as ever, listeners. Hopefully that's helped you answer them. And Scooby's going to now take us through uh, the 600-man league and, and who, who was Team of the Week, mate? Well, we look back, Team of the Week. Uh, we'll start. So Team of the Week, Andrews Kangaroos, with a manager called N. Lennon. <laughs> Neil, get on the pod. Upcoming manager. We've, you know, not heard it before. Uh, but yeah, scored 95. And they had Tab wow. as captain, which, let's remember, only brought four points. Um, but Furuhashi with the vice captain brought a boatload, I think 39 points. And they had, like, Ralston and a lot of other players there. So a nice mm. team. And just Kangaroos um, and Lennon. Might be a Celtic fan with Furuhashi as vice captain. We'll wait and see. Uh, but yeah, well done to you. But top of the league with 174 points. That's a fantastic total. What's that? An average of 87? Oh. Uh, Hag- <laughs> Haji Neeps and Tatties. Donny Robertson topping Aye. our league after a couple of weeks. So well done, Donny. I think a sticker is winging its way to you in the post. Is it right, John? That is, yeah. Donny, sorry, last week I forgot to send it to you and send it to you at the weekend. So hopefully uh, on the second last post it will arrive by uh, next week or year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm excited for this weekend good after the Prem back two weeks they took it away from us now we're back again he's a cinch he's it now alright boys we will and girls will be back next week uh, all the very best for uh, game week three and we'll speak to you in a bit